Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. Nailed it again. T-shirt's going to be uh, for sale on questionablereturn.com. Slash shop. In 2020. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not going to wait that long. we, we got to capitalize. Yeah, it's true. Add some merch that no one will ever buy. We will. So we had a fun night last night, and by fun I mean a losing experience at a Bucks game. We did it again, guys. Another game we go to, another loss. Yeah, that was that was not a good showing by the by the Bucks team. Granted, they were down Giannis. I would like to have seen the new addition, which we'll talk about later. But even no Giannis and second night of a back to back, it's still their worst performance of the season. Oh, to get blown yeah, by out far, by far, blown out by the Magic. Yeah, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he son. had a happy birthday. Yeah. Well, so, at least at least a couple of his friends did, including my son. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. Uncle Mike decided to uh, purchase a couple pounds of candy. I know I'm a late, bad, late in the night. Bad We're, influence. Yes, yeah, so we promised that like halftime or, or at some point we'd meet up. So we decided at halftime we'd go out, um, and get get together, meet up, and Mike promised all the kids anything they want. Mm-hmm. That is true. Immediately, my son said chicken tenders. Yep, and I did give him some chicken tenders. That was nice. Of you. Request granted. But and then, then, then you you teased a little bit that there was a candy shop there located is. on the so, on the second level. So this was halftime, and Andy avoided the top of the arena for two quarters, and then Mike had to mention the candy shop. Yeah, it was right by my section, tucked I, in the corner. I of couldn't the help. Forum, I couldn't help but notice it. A huge candy tree with TVs playing Willy Wonka's Chocolate <laughs> yes. Factory. It was yeah. pretty epic. We posted a picture about that. Yeah, it, was, it was a nice little area. And it did help because it's always a little bit hard for us because my son has a peanut allergy. So mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit interesting to try to find something that he wants to eat and doesn't feel um, worried about. So the candy thing was a good option because they had a lot of name brand candies. But they did have one magical tree. One oh. magical, magical tree that dispouted flavors of sugar. In yep. a giant yep. candy pixie stick. Yeah. Yep. You buy it by the tube length. By the, in, by the inch. Yeah, by the inch. They were all out of the 34-inch tubes, which is the biggest thank ones. goodness. <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> all I can say, after that ride home, thank goodness. <laughs> they had to settle just for the, I don't know what the... The smaller side was 16-inch then? 18. 18-inch? 18-inch was the second biggest. Okay, they settled for one of those. He got that back to the seats and was, like, challenging. He was challenging your son on who could, like, get the sugar down fastest. Because my son had the 4-inch version. Because he got the chicken tenders. Yeah, I didn't want him to go too crazy. But, you know, I'm proud of him because he was able to fit every single flavor into that too he did he because there was like a good like 15 yeah 15 different flavors of just walk around in a circle just basically a little bit of cherry a little bit of watermelon a little bit of kiwi i don't know that seems seems to be kind of your son's style i've seen him do that with uh soda oh soda if you if you put him in front of one of those soda fountain things 
He will. He's got his names for all of them. Yeah. He knows exactly special recipes. A little bit of Mountain Dew and Dr yeah. Pepper and Diet Coke, and he's got. And it actually does isn't, isn't that bad. My son does that too because he. We did that. They had a tasting challenge thing, and we went to Disney one time, and that's kind of where he started to do mixing flavors. But we go to the the old movie theater and stuff like that. He does that as well. I don't know. It just must be a kid thing. I mean, as an adult, I do it from time to time too, especially when you go to like a quick trip or something like that. And there's all those flavors with a big gulp. I definitely do it at the movies. I like to get the icy, and I will mix the slushy. Yeah, yeah. I'll put I'll put like a little bit of the all mount, the Mountain, mountain Dew, Dew flavors. It, just in a, in the center. Nice. I like the blue one. Oh, a little there Mountain you go. Dew in the middle. There you go. One of the kids got um, donuts. My wife bought him donuts ahead of time, and I don't think he really. He's a lot of energy. And he didn't really realize, I think, you were buying additional candy. So oh. he went with my wife back to the seats. Yeah, he was And my wife said out. about every every 30 to 60 seconds, he was asking, when are they going to come back? Where did they go? <laughs> Can I go meet them right now? Oh, man. That's and, funny. And my wife's like, no, they're coming back. It's okay. They'll, did, they'll be back in a minute. Did the other kids share some of their candy with him? Because um, there, there was enough to go around. Oh, yeah, there was plenty. A little bit. Like the one you gave him, the 18-inch one, he was just he just inhaled that one, and <laughs> and my son I think shared a piece of candy with him, but you you gave him I think two was it was a cherry or strawberry thumb sucker mm-hmm. with a sugar dipping reservoir mm-hmm. that was tasted like lemonade, so it was a strawberry lemonade essentially, and he loved that. He went to town on that thing, and then you also gave one to the the other kid that you gave the 18 inch tube to, I which I was like, have like the 18 inch tube wasn't enough that you gave him one of those. It wasn't enough for him. He wanted like a 10 pound bag of he Skittles. Was, he was also ready. Yeah. To start buying some stuff by <laughs> like, the pound. And I'm boy, like, I, I'm like I think that's right. I, think I, I, I definitely grabbed the bags. I'm like, no, 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 you got your thing. It's, it's good. Yeah. I think my son actually gave the kid the dots that you, you bought him and that he gave him that okay. for his, cause you gave him a couple of those dipping lemonade, dipping sugar madness. And then a foot tall Tootsie Roll. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. And he just inhaled oh, that. It was it was it was so crazy. And it was actually so chaotic when we went to check out. Every kid is like putting the candy up on the counter, but then like eating some of the sugar out yeah. of the tube right. while while she's trying to ring it up, and she's trying to count everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then and at perfect timing, right as we're about to finish up, and she's trying to count through each of the things, a different patron decided to. Try the spin wheel to de- deposit random candies, uh-huh. and it dumps all over the floor. Yes. In just... epic fashion, there was a panic of, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And the kids are like, well, see you later. <laughs> we watched <laughs> an, an avalanche of candy falling out behind the register, that and the lady hilarious. just... She just threw out a number. She said like nineteen dollars. It was way more than nineteen dollars worth oh, of candy. It was only nineteen dollars. I looked at the oh my gosh. I looked at the receipt. She didn't ring up two of any items. Oh. She put one of it, just one. Those thumb things were only well, rang up as one of them. Well, she probably saw the kids' excitement, and at the end of the game, she probably was just like, "Oh, have fun." Well, if well, thank bu- you, well, thank you to her. If the Bucks don't have enough money to sign Middleton, it's probably my fault then. Yeah, yeah they're going to come up $3 short. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It's all your fault. I only paid a half price for the candy. <laughs> we just don't have the money in the budget. Yeah, Keep no, it's not the $14 chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, after so, filling up uh, all the kids with sugar, how much do you and your wife hate me now? <laughs> what was the rest <laughs> of the night like? Well, we got back to the seats, and like like I mentioned, the the, the kid with the 18-inch pixie stick, or whatever we could call that thing, he, he took it down like... 
a college kid drinks beer. Like he was just <laughs> every about every thirty seconds, he'd be like, "Hey, hey, Coach Andy, uh, look at me," and then a whole section would be gone. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, buddy, you need to slow down a little bit. No, you said I couldn't eat any in the car, so I need to finish this. I'm like, well, there's still ten minutes left in the quarter. Like we're still good. So then he challenged, like I said, your son, and he had the little guy, and by mistake, your son decided to lick the end inside oh. of there, which was game over until he's very resourceful. I'll give him a lot of credit. He he's found a way, way to do he stuff. found a way to like push, keep pushing on the sides of the tube till it cracked open, and he just like would open up each section as it went down and just poured it into his mouth. <laughs> so he'd pour it into his mouth and he'd get done with it so by the end of the whole side of the tube was like broken open and there's sugar all over his face but that was okay it was still fun to watch him i think i have a picture of it i'll, I'll try to find it and I'll, I'll give it to you but it was hilarious because he was like uh my tube's broken and i go i'm like oh man so i put my i just like try to wiggle the thing and i'm like spit like pour it out on my hand I'm like, I'm like oh no buddy you can't do that important life lesson to learn moisture is the enemy of pixie sticks yeah, keep that sugar dry if you want to just dump it down your gut. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the one with the big tube. He was just like he was full, full going. He was he was an old pro at that one. So, no, they really enjoyed it. Um, I was a little worried. I thought the game started at seven, which is problem number one. Started at eight. <laughs> started. It was late game. It was late game yeah. due to a Marquette plane, and also they had Wave and Admirals. So it was a pretty crazy, crazy night, in Milwaukee. So that was good. The kids enjoyed it. They had a lot of fun. They were really excited for the t-shirt spot. They were, we were close enough where there was a chance for them to get it. Never really did. Uh, they were really hoping to get on the camera during the dance stuff. So they were up dancing and, and things like that. So it was really fun to watch it with them. But you could tell as the game wore on, after they had said sugar, they ramped up, which is not what you want to see. You usually want to see them ramp down towards the end of the game. They did right. not. Especially with the late game, you're thinking, what, 10 o'clock, 10.30 yeah. almost we're getting to. And I'm like, thank goodness we actually parked pretty close. I, I Paid for a pretty decent parking, so we didn't have to walk very far. But yeah, no, they were bouncing off snowbanks. They were like parkour. <laughs> one of them was jumping onto the chain link fence, like oh. <laughs> like Spider Man. So it was it was pretty interesting. But the most epic part was the ride home. They were just nothing but screaming and laughing uncontrollably. Like I don't even know what they were laughing about. Then they they played some random game to make a story and it didn't matter what the word was and they were just reading it back and they're just cracking up for 35 minutes which is funny for the first five but the last 30 was not good so we get them home and i'm like just go downstairs and, and play some games so they do that then all of a sudden i i look up and it's quarter to one and that's that's my uh i think i sent a message to you mike like like dear god what did you do because they just they weren't they had no signs of stopping none not one bit of oh i feel a little bit tired and i'm just it wasn't even it wasn't even that tired laugh this was i'm still amped up on sugar i'm going full bore laugh well 18 inches of pixie stick is enough to keep you going for days <laughs> i was just waiting for the, the the sugar coma like the drop off like there's a cliff that you hit and you'll hit it once you get mm -hmm. like, the sugar wears off it didn't help that i got him fanta before that no and then i found out that like your son bought himself one like, I think, I don't know if one of the other kids I gave him money, but he had two. What? And another kid had He's two. He's very resourceful. That sounds like your son. He's very soda. resourceful. Yeah. yeah, he figures out a way for everything. So. I wouldn't doubt that he asked somebody, like, hey, can you give me a dollar? <laughs> <It was just laughs> so, he had, so I'm like, how many, how many drinks did you guys have? Like, my son and another kid had one. And then 
another one had two, and then yours one had two, and I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be a long night. <laughs> so I finally made him come upstairs and actually just like we're gonna lay down and watch a movie. I think they finally got close to sleeping. I think half of them slept by one thirty in the morning. I think the other two were down by two. So oh. ni- nice li- late night. So um, so thanks, Uncle Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably I am I'm the best and worst uncle at the same time always. It's all right. I'm the one who's known for spoiling the kids, even with uh, my nieces. I'm more of the fun, you kids can do whatever you want. And my younger brother's more of the uh, uncle who actually shows some discipline once in a while. So, sorry. You got to have one of each. Yeah, can't help it. Yeah, I'll definitely share the video with you guys of the car ride home if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw the... It was intense, right? Yeah. I saw the picture your wife posted of them just all scream. You just see all their mouths wide open at the same yeah. time. Like that was the whole ride home. Like that wasn't just one moment that she just happened to catch. <laughs> that was, she could have taken a million different pictures and got that same look. I might just try to extract the audio and maybe post that so so the listeners can hear that because it's epic. Hey, you're only young once. You got to live it up on birthdays. Yeah, but I'm not that young. <laughs> like, it's not even them. All right. I didn't, I just went home and went to bed. I didn't have to. <laughs> No, same here. I feel like I feel like I needed an eighteen-inch like pixie stick. At that oh, I would I would have bought you one if you had said something. I did good at the game. I didn't have one soda. I had a bunch of water. I didn't get any of the any food. Oh, good. Not even one of the donuts. Nope, none. Because uh, I did have I did have two cheese curds. My brother's my wife says that's the best part of the Pfizer form, food-wise. She loves the donuts and brought some back. I did try them. They're good. good. So that's what the other kid bought. I think my wife bought him for him, but yeah, that's what he decided. So it wasn't like he was, it wasn't like he was without sugar, like not going with us at the end. But yeah, he was a little disappointed once he found out that you were giving it away for free to the group. I think my favorite place to stop would have been like Sobelman's. It's hard for me to turn that away. Yeah, I, I see it mocking me every time I go. My brother got Sol- Sobelman's, and uh, Steve, friend of the podcast, he got a pulled pork sandwich, and then I got tacos. Yeah, they're so good. Tacos were pretty good. Yeah, I don't think there's a bad place to go in that place. Yeah, I like how they partnered with some of the uh, known Milwaukee restaurants. Yeah. and Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Iron Great Barbecue is fantastic. That's yeah. actually what my uh, brother had uh, cater his wedding. He had just outdoor backyard wedding and got them. They got really good stuff. Nice. So it was your first experience there, right? It was. So how'd you like it? I was very impressed. It's, it's kind of like you said, it almost felt a little out of place. I guess I'm used to the... The Bradley Center, right? And the bad bucks. It didn't seem like, oh, this is right downtown Milwaukee. Everything just seems so modern and clean, and it's full wide open. It just feels like most Milwaukee or Wisconsin places is just like a step behind everywhere else. Yeah, like it's cool, but it's just that was cool two years ago or three years ago. This is probably the first feeling of advanced technology, advanced architecture, and just amenities. I think than other cities, so that was really cool to see. Yeah, and even like, I like Miller Park just fine. Uh, Miller Park doesn't have the same feel of being quite as kind of, yeah, modern and yeah, also... Yeah, 18-year-old Miller Park. Yeah, and well, even when They've it was new... they made a lot of good updates, though. Yeah, even when it was new, I never quite had the same sense. And also, the slide in left field, I think, makes it look a little goofy. I don't mind that Bernie Brewer comes down, but I don't think you'd see that in a lot of stadiums, having just a big yellow slide in left field. So I don't know. This this actually felt though like a little more of like this is something yeah you would see like. It's not just uh, catered to basketball too. It feels like 
you'd you'd love to go there for a concert for well that was the bad WWE or anything. You're, you're right. That's the bad part though of of the Bradley Center was the fact that it was horrible for anything other than hockey and basketball because of the way the acoustics and the way the walls were built. It would just didn't go well and the comfort level. I that's what I think we talked about earlier in a different podcast was I felt so cramped all the time in the Bradley Center where I feel perfectly fine. Yeah, I know um, the, they're having a lot of concerts there. I guess the the jumbotron lifts up into the ceiling, so you get a you still have a good view no right. matter where you sit. And yeah, it's just it's a fantastic place. I do like the the openness of it, the the concourse levels. That's oh, that's yeah. a big plus of Miller Park too. That's awesome. Is being able to just walk around the whole place and it's it's not tight hallways anywhere. Yeah, you're not, you know, bumping up against people. It's there's oh, a couple of, like bottleneck areas, but. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, at least I can kind of walk be. up and watch the game whenever I want. If I'm just getting food, there's so many tables to sit. There's so many places just to eat and just kind of enjoy just being there too. It's more of like a night out instead of just going to a game. It's like yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. So one craziness or one crazy part of it that I found was a little interesting is the the bathroom situation. There's still lines. I don't remember this too much with the Bradley Center, maybe just because I went and the audience wasn't as big. But the fact that the men's room still has lines that go out and around. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see that at halftime, too. Yeah, I think maybe because of how good the team is and nobody wants to miss action in NBA games, I think that's always going to be a problem because when you have the end of quarters and stuff, that's that's always a big thing. Um, people I'm just, just more used to see, like, I know, go out and. I know, unfortunately, because of the sheer numbers, like the women's room, like you see that quite a lot more often. But right. I don't know. That was one that I just noticed that at the halftime. Yeah. With the kiddos. Let's go to the mailbag. Brent from Kenosha wrote in. He said, Enjoyed hearing about past high school stories. Can we hear more? Maybe they could join you. Some of the people that uh, came up in these stories, I guess. It's interesting. I mean,. Appreciate the listen, number one. Like suffering through our explanation of a past story off the cuff there. But yeah, I talked to actually, we went to the game, a high school game on Friday. My daughter had a little bit dance with a dancer night thing where they team up with the varsity dance team. So we went to that game. So he was there and I kind of reminisced with him a little bit about that that whole stall tactic or thing we had against St. Joe's. And he was like, he, he said stuff like he remembered like it was yesterday. It was actually amazing. So... He might be interested to come on. Like he talked about it. He's like, what podcast is this going to be on? <laughs> I'm like, you haven't you not heard it yet? Oh, come on. So, yeah, maybe we'll see if we can get. I mentioned a couple of players. So, yeah, there's a few people you still keep in touch with. Yeah, so we'll see. Like Brandon Morris, like I said, he's he back, he's back home. So, I think, like I said, he, he coaches St. Joe's. So, he might be interested. Or Tolfrey May, now he's back in the area. Otherwise, Sharif Jambos might be cool just from a um, Badger perspective. So, we'll see. I'll try to reach out to the, some of those guys, see if anyone are interested in. And jumping on with us, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Definitely, uh, yeah. We had a coach, Bob Gibbons. He was he's friends with Marcus Hanel, I believe, right? Yeah, I actually got to do a, a little catching session with those guys. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. You, pretty he gave me his glove actually, and uh, I've had I still have the glove, so that's pretty awesome. He was a great coach, and he gave us a lot of stuff because I got his catching gear too. Yeah, he was an awesome coach, but yeah, we have a lot of cool. I mean, one of our only wins in football was. An, a two-day event so that oh, well, yeah. actually our only win varsity year for me well senior varsity year i should say because 
junior varsity year, we didn't win. So <laughs> Union Grove football wasn't wasn't very good. But yeah, that was a fun game. So we can maybe bring up that story. But uh, not that anybody in importance was in that game. But except for it was you. just a fun story. Oh yeah, of course. And there's baseball stories and stuff like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll have a lot of stories coming up for sure. Miscellaneous sports topics, Pete. What do you got for us? So let's talk a little bit of uh, NCAA. So our Badgers lost at Michigan. They lost 52-61 to 61 against number seven Michigan. And Marquette had a huge win, I would, I would say, yeah. at, the, at the Pfizer Forum. They beat number 14 Nova, Villanova, 66-65. to 65. Wasn't that a good bounce back after the loss to St. John's? Yeah, good, good bounce back for sure. So they they do play Villanova again on the twenty seventh, and the Badgers got they have Michigan State number nine, Michigan State, and number twenty Iowa coming up on their schedule. Both with at like, home. Both at home, yep. And with I believe like six or seven games left in the season. With that, the NCAA has released their first what rankings I would say for the tournament. So they have one through four seeds based off of not RPI anymore. It's based off of net rankings. So the Badgers actually net ranking is higher than Marquette, which is kind of odd. But they have possibly just better wins or better losses, I would say. Marquette kind of plays in a maybe a little bit weaker conference. They do. Marquette and Villanova are the only ranked teams right now in the Big East. Right. So the Badgers are ranked 11th in that net rankings and 21st for Marquette. So Bracketology, ESPN Bracketology has Marquette as a four seed. Badgers are were, have been holding off at a five seed. But what the NCAA uh, sent out, the uh, Golden Eagles are three seed and the Badgers are four seed. With no more reliance on RPI, I mean, the NCAA evaluation tool is kind of different now this year. So I don't know. Do you guys think that's that's warranted seedings for the the Badgers and Marquette? Do you think the Badgers are kind of high at that four? It almost feels maybe a little bit high. Uh, it's interesting that this net rating seems much more in line with Ken Palm stats, which has been a big thing now. Is a lot of people for the last few years have trusted Ken Palm, which is a stat created by a statistician named <laughs> Ken Pomroy. <laughs> Yeah. That's what we need to do. We need to figure out an algorithm and name a stats so we can have it be the QTR stat. Yeah. There you go. And that almost seems like people have used that more than they're using RPI. So now there's this net rating, and yeah. net rating is very similar to Ken Palm. So net rating includes game results, strength of schedule, game location, scoring margin, capping at 10 points per game, and net offense and defense efficiency. I don't remember what RPI was, but I think the game location thing is different, I believe, and like the strength of schedule stuff probably is a little different, but yeah, I'm not sure in the exact differences, though. So a big thing about Ken Palm, maybe this is where they took it, it's the, the stats that people seem to look at most is they have adjusted offense and adjusted defense, and people put a lot of stock into that. So maybe uh, if this net rating is relying on that a little more, it can be kind of in line because Wisconsin is is higher than you would expect. It's kind of surprising to see them above Marquette, but it seems like these advanced stats actually 
like Wisconsin more than the Poles do, and they like Marquette less, which has them pretty even in terms of the tournament. But I do think Marquette's probably a little bit better team. Yeah, it'll be interesting, though, because I just feel like the Badgers still have a good chance to make it to the second weekend. But if they're like a 4-5 or five seed, they might get caught up in that, what, 12-13 yeah. loss. So I'm kind of worried about that. I don't know if I like that seeding. I'd rather have them as a 7-8 for some reason, but or kind of a 9. <laughs> yeah, be the team that, the the 8 seed that nobody wants to play like right. they were a couple of years ago and have a chance to knock off a number one. But I don't know. This Badgers team, they're very flawed. The more I watch the loss to Michigan, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like they run enough plays. kind of just dump it into Hap and let yeah. him dribble around. And that's what you notice against the Wolverines is that Hap got in foul trouble and it felt like nothing happened. Like they were lucky that the Wolverines were missing shots because yeah. they could have been down by a lot when Hap was sitting out for the most of that second half. The Badgers only had five assists against Michigan. Yeah. Five that's ugly. Assists. Yeah. The ball wasn't being moved around at all. No, I'm surprised. It was very ugly. There's not more like... I mean, you're not going to have a lot of set plays, but just your your philosophies. Move the, move the ball around. There's not a lot of trying to set up like high screens or pick and rolls. You'd think they would try to get like Trice open for right. threes more or try something a little more creative than it's the guys just stand around and watch Hap try to take on guys one on one. Yeah, and he's he's good at it. I get I give him give it to him, but yeah, I don't want the ball in his hands late in the game. That's the problem. Yeah, you can't shoot free can't throws. Can't shoot free throws. Badgers did 0 for 2 at the line against Michigan and 5 assists. Not not the prettiest game there. Yeah, I still feel like Marquette's a, a better team for like tournament run. It just seemed like a better team built to go up against a, a tougher team like that, just between the two brothers, the Hauser brothers, and you have Howard. Howard can just go off any night. And I feel like they just play better defensively, and I think I, I just think they're better prepared and better coached. Um, maybe just be the team built around it and, and a little bit older. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I really would uh, favor Marquette, especially because of having Howard and Sam Hauser, especially. They both shoot over 90% free throw line. Yeah. That's real nice to have if you're trying to ice oh, a game yeah. away. So let's stick to basketball, move on from that NCAA until we hit March maybe. But So I just have a little bit of what's trending in NBA before we get to the big trades and and also Giannis picking, and there's a lot of stuff to go over with the NBA. Mm -hmm. So just this, uh, since our last podcast, Westbrook has nine triple-doubles in a row, one away from the record. He had tied Chamberlain's record for nine triple-doubles in a row, and pretty amazing. It's amazing, but this is a personal note. I don't think his name should be whispered in the same breath as Will Chamberlain. Very true. <laughs> Harden uh That's should... personal. So I mean all you all you Westbrook fans out there. Definitely. Sorry. You're talking about a team Giannis player now, so you watch it. Yeah, definitely. Uh Harden probably should just start at thirty nightly now. I I'm just gonna shoot that to Adam Silver maybe. Anyway. Just to save time. Just to yeah. save time. I mean the guy the guy's twenty nine in a row now, so Rondo broke Boston fans' heart with a buzzer beater. That was a pretty awesome play. My uh, coworker is a Boston fan, so she was not happy. Immediately texted me and my other two coworkers, and she was crying. And I just sent her a Giannis picture of him bobbling his head from that <laughs> commercial. Anyway, Beal uh, knew he would be picked last. We'll kind of talk about that coming up. 
He wasn't. He wasn't too disappointed. Yeah, he seemed <laughs> to be okay with it. Yeah. Or at least he's acting like he is. Jabari gets back at Chicago. Had twenty points. Filled up the stat line. I think he played over thirty minutes. How many points did he give up on defense? Probably like fifty. I don't know. At least. <laughs> and then last but not least, of course, LeBron tampering. Giannis says so. <laughs> yeah, that was that probably was the best classic. part of the of best the draft. part of the draft. And then not no. On that note, let's get to the NBA and some trade news. Okay, guys, we uh, mentioned some trades the other day on our podcast, but the trade deadline has passed. There are some waiver deals going through, of course, and maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. But big trade deadline news for teams that concern the Bucks. The Pistons, of course, received Thon Maker. There was a three-team deal. So the Pistons re- received Thon Maker. Pelicans received Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and four future second-round picks from the Bucks, And the Bucks received Nikola Miritich. Got to say, this is just a home run. Grand slam. Yeah. Way to walk go, off, Walk off home run. Just yeah. an amazing move. Well, you, you knew, turned, you you turned knew, Thon you, into Right. Miritich. You knew something was going to happen because we knew that Thon was traded and... Well, the, the right, and they never actually officially yeah, that night reported they were it. like, well, there's nothing being reported from the Bucks, but we're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, so the Milwaukee, the Bucks are about, I think it's nine hundred sixty-six thousand below the luxury tax. That number might be like six hundred thousand. Anyway, so they're still under the, the luxury tax. They still are saving a lot of money for this off season with this trade, and also it kind of gives you an option if Middleton leaves. Maybe you sign Miritich, so it, it kind of gives you all these different options that you could you could bring Miritich back, and he's a solid player. He's averaging, um, I think he's averaging sixteen points on the year. Yeah, sixteen points, eight rebounds, and he's a thirty six percent from the three point land, of course. So, and it also gives you playoff experience. Another thing, because he's been with the Bulls and Pelicans. Bulls two years he was in the playoffs, and of course last year with the Pelicans they swept the Blazers but he had a he was on fire in that series and 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 that entire playoffs in nine games he was 48 percent from the field 43 from three-point land nine rebounds 15 points per game he had a 30-point game last year in the playoffs so it gives you that experience that they need and are are we're kind of lacking at the beginning of the season yeah. so it's 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 a, just an amazing amazing move that's going to be a a crazy lineup to start trotting out postseason yeah especially if we're gonna have that let it, let it fly attitude Going oh, back, God. who do you He's cover? Gonna love it. He's just gonna sit there and just shoot threes. This might make uh, Ilyasova lose a little playing time. He he's been kind of streaky lately, and a lot of the season. But Miritich, I would think you would pencil in for pretty regular minutes. I think it takes a little bit of bruising off of Giannis because I think he can take some of those big body like fours on the court. Yeah, and you kind of save a little bit on on the beating up. But I thought I actually liked the the trade even more. I was a little bit worried when they gave up four twos. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of number twos to kind of dish out. But it was it was nice to see that it was only one of our actual draft picks. The rest of them were was a well, one was a 2019 via Denver, and then 2020 there were two. One was Washington's, and one was ours, and then the 2021 was also Washington. So we're not actually giving up. We're only giving up one number two of that of our our draft picks. Yeah, I think we only have maybe. A couple years where we don't have draft picks, but I mean trades happen. We're, we might get some picks in return for certain things. You never know, so I'm not too worried about that. 
they need to keep this core together. They'll they'll find guys. I'm I feel like this core and the bench is pretty solid right now. Yeah, I mean they've had good good success lately with uh, Brogdon was a second round pick. Uh, Stilling Brown was a second round pick. Definitely, but yeah, it's still worth it to get go after Miritich. And like you said, he, he probably is in the conversation now of a guy you have to think about signing, depending on what happens with all the starters that are free agents. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great move. Yeah, I think the only argument is actually Brogdon. I mean, how many times for every Brogdon you'll have like thirty other no name number twos that don't actually quite make it or yeah. sit in the G League for eternity. Before Brogdon, I think it was maybe like Luke Richard and Bob Mute was the last time we had like a, a hit on a second round pick and yeah. it was like ten years in between of yeah. even, even Sterling Brown, I mean as as decent of a talent as he is, you can you can pick up guys like lots that. Of them, yeah. So Toronto made a big trade too. They traded Jonas Valanciunas, Delone Wright, right? That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> CJ Miles and a 2024 second round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for Marcus Gasol. It's a pretty big trade. Marcus Gasol is a pretty good distributor. He's pretty solid in the paint. Uh, he's probably a little better defensively than Valanciunas, but it kind of poses a problem, I would think, for the Bucks when when Lopez goes out. So. And it's I kind of was hear, hearing on the radio yesterday that possibly Horst is really looking for another big man on the waiver wire, which uh, there are a couple guys I kind of have listed: Robin Lopez, Marcin Gortat, and uh, not not really wanting this guy, but Cantor <laughs> and his Cantor is another one that could be bought out. Uh, Gortat has been bought out already, and it looks like Lopez really wants to be with the Lakers. So, are you guys interested in getting another big man just to kind of? Bench-wise, um, keep the keep. I guess Gasol from going off. I don't think Valen, Valen, I thought Valanciunas was actually a better defender than Mark is. I mean, you get a little bit a guy who can spread the court a little, a little bit more, but you'd have to think that like Mirotich could actually probably go out and play him if you had to. That's a pretty decent matchup. So if you do want to sub that out, if if Brooks not gonna be able to go, you could probably swing him over. Yeah, I would still like to see the Bucks add one of those centers just kind of in case of emergency just and a big for, just a big guy to cover the middle yeah yeah and and you'd probably want him more for the playoffs than the regular season cuz yeah the the bucks basically have lopez and then a bunch of power forwards and in a playoff series it might be a little tougher toronto likes to use they were using valentunas and uh abaka kind of rotating them in and out at center and now it looks like that'll be the plan with abaka and gasol Probably both seen pretty pretty good amount of minutes. So, so another move is Boston receives nothing. <laughs> they yeah. made no moves. <laughs> pretty. Well, it's hard for them to do much until the off there. season. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're kind of a mess right now. So, uh, one other thing that I just noticed today was the Pacers got Wesley Matthews. He'll jump right into their lineup, their starting lineup. That's a solid get for them, I think, to hopefully. They're they're third in the in the East right now. They're yeah, kind of staying to sell, pat. I think they're trying to salvage their season after Oladipo yeah. went down. Bogdanovich, but depth wise, they're just they're just not there. Uh, and then I look at the Sixers depth wise, they just they have an awesome starting lineup, but they have like two, maybe two guys that that play off the bench. T.J. McConnell. It. Well, they made a trade though to get another one. They gave up uh, Markel Fultz already. The That's Markel true. Fultz experiment is over. It's over. And they got Jonathan Simmons, who I think is a pretty good bench player. Yeah. He had been with the Spurs. Yeah, I true. think they did all right with themselves. I think that, that experiment seemed to be 
heading nowhere. Though you see, here's rehab in air quotes is doing okay. But I mean, they get Jonathan Simmons a good pick back, and they also get a number round, number one, or first round pick via Oklahoma City in 2019, and also a second round pick from from the old Magic. So I think they did all right for themselves. Yeah, it's just it's surprising. They got, they got a lot to deal with coming the off season. So yeah. if they can salvage a little bit and get a number one pick back, it's surprising to see a uh, a number one overall pick uh, basically given up on this this soon. But it's been such a weird career for him. Definitely, really, change of scenery is probably probably necessary. best for him. Yeah, as I mentioned, they're looking for a body, and they're all in on this season. I think because they traded away a lot of their depth to get a guy like Simmons back, and it kind of helps a little bit off off the bench there. Yeah, I think they're trying to try to salvage and, and really just make a run for it for the 2019-2020 season. It's interesting. 2018-2019 it, It's turned into an arms race at the top of the East. All, Definitely. It's everyone, wide open. Everyone making moves. And, like, yeah, the Sixers even, they're really committed to this year as much as they were. Trust the process. Yeah. Elton Brand's uh, like, we're, we're going for it. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. The playoffs are going to be tough. Yeah, even the Pacers aren't going to go away. They're still going to be a competitive team. and. You saw everyone else make moves. Yeah. So just one other interesting smaller trade, I would think. There there are a lot of them, of course. A lot, lot happened. There were movement of picks and all that stuff to save money. But the Pacers acquire Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin from the Rockets for a future, future second-round pick. So this was kind of funny because Stauskas and Wade were, were Portland Trail Trailblazers on February 2nd. Then they became Cleveland Cavaliers on February 3rd. February 6th, they became Houston Rockets for 24 hours. And then because they were traded to the Pacers by the afternoon of February 7th, that lasted about eight minutes because they were waived. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think they just sat together and just laughed about this? Or or were they like actually taking plane rides (laughs) Uh, trying to figure out where they were going? I don't know how how soon you would actually travel after. You, you would have to imagine that a team's like just sit just sit tight, like like the Stanley Johnson thing. Where yeah, he probably just stayed where he was at until right until they knew. Yeah, but don't don't bother starting to look for housing yet. NBA Not so fast. NBA trade deadlines a fun day actually to follow on Twitter because stuff like this happens and it's like they are people and it it has to be pretty stressful for a lot of them. A lot of them get talks about it, and, but that's just crazy. They were. <laughs> All, all week they were just stressed out. I bet. Yeah. So, all right. Odds to win uh, the NBA championship changed a little bit for your gambling desires. <laughs> the Warriors, of course, didn't change at all. The Celtics dropped to ten to one. Bucks went up to ten to one. Uh, if that's all you say. So now they're mm-hmm. the Bucks, Seventy Sixers, Raptors, and Celtics are all ten to one. So obviously the arms race in the East is. Let's let's see who can. Who can grab it? But the biggest, yeah. the biggest drop was the Lakers. They went from sixteen to one to forty to one after not getting AD. And obviously, yeah, they, I don't know why they're up that high to begin they got with. Murdered by the Sixers. Yeah, they were on Sunday night. So they were put to the to sixteen to one. I think just as in Vegas was just basically giving themselves insurance in case they got Anthony Davis. But forty to yeah. one, that's hard to pass up though. Uh, but I don't know. They're pretty bad. Yeah, they don't have enough. The the NBA is one of one of the probably most predictable sport, if not the most predictable Definitely. sport. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I'd I'd trust the Lakers. Even though, like that, that Celtics team is in a complete tailspin. They've really been a mess lately. They've they've been sending uh, the uh, Gordon Hayward to the bench, and I think Jalen Brown has been 
coming yeah, off the bench. He's off the and, bench and now. They've been starting Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really surprising how much the Celtics have struggled. We're talking about all these other teams making moves and getting better. Yeah. Celtics have to be worried. I mean, all that hype about Tatum and Brown. It maybe it's they just had that one flash in the pan, and now everybody's figured them out, I guess. But yeah, it's it's going to get interesting down the stretch. The Bucks are one game away from being 500 on the year, and also I believe they're three games away from their their record from last year. That's amazing. So enjoy. That's, that's insane. Enjoy yeah. this Bucks team. They're doing great. Let's not talk about the off season anymore. Yeah. Let's put, all talk about the playoffs. Let's Can put this uh, magic loss behind us. Yeah. Yeah. That's our fault. We're sorry. Fault. We're I, sorry. Can I? Can I bring up one quote about Marcus Morris, center for Boston? Yeah, how does he feel Definitely. about? How does he feel about the so Celtics? After, this is after they gave up that huge what twenty point lead against the Clippers and ended up losing at home. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! They, they interviewed him afterwards, and he said, "I watch all these others. I watch all these other teams in the league. Guys on the bench, up in the court. They're doing stuff that looks like they're enjoying their teammates' success. They're enjoying everything, and they're playing together. And when I look at us, I just see a bunch of individuals. There is uh, a problem you can have with potentially having too many guys." Uh, you know, when you look at the Bucks, they have a solid, they have Giannis, he's the clear alpha, they have a solid starting lineup, and then it's pretty clear which players are bench players, at least, you know, everyone knows their role. The Celtics, though, yeah, it does seem like kind of a mess when they almost have too many guys that we're expecting to be a big part of their offense. And they don't have a clear-cut leader on that team. Yeah, like if you're looking don't. for Kyrie Irving to be the leader on the team, he's just not going to be it. He's the one. He's also one that talks on a daily basis and calls teammates out in the middle of media day and Kyrie actually had made that comment to uh to LeBron where he he kind of realized what LeBron was dealing with when LeBron had to be the leader and being older than all the guys and then Kyrie experiencing that with like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown I think uh he now has a new respect for LeBron seeing these guys and Kyrie's even rumored then to potentially be leaving (laughs) that'd be that'd be nuts all right so moving on to the all-star game Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. Oh, boy. LeBron got a first overall pick. No surprise there. He got Durant. Well, first and second because Giannis had to promise somebody. So Giannis, Giannis keeps his, his promises. So. I'm okay with Did, it. Yeah. Was it you who asked last week, Pete, of uh, what percent chance we think or how likely is it we have Giannis in two years? That was me. Oh, was you yeah. asked it? Okay. So you asked how likely is it we have Giannis after two years? After this draft, I say 95% because Giannis is loyal. Oh, <laughs> Giannis yeah. is going to be loyal to the Bucs. He seems very if he, loyal. If, he's any, if this draft says anything about it. But it's also, do you, do you think that or you know, he understands what kind of game it is? And there's gonna be no defense, because even him last year when when Curry picked him with his what second pick, Curry just didn't want to be yeah. dunked on. <laughs> That's fair, but he took over that game. Uh, well, yeah, because they played zero defense last year. LeBron admitted he took uh, Durant number one as well, and Curry took Giannis with his first pick. So Giannis said he wanted to take Curry with his first pick to pay him back. He also told Lowry he wouldn't let him be at the last player selected oh really yeah i didn't hear that one so he so when it came down to lowry and beal were the only two left <laughs> he took lowry nice because he didn't want beal or he didn't want lowry to be take, the last yeah, one lowry be the last one so but the also, old guys were actually drafted last so it would have been fine yeah and then uh he also took middleton with his first pick of the reserves 
I don't know. Like, and I get it. Like this, it's pretty dominant. You have Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kylie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. That pretty, seems pretty formidable. But if you look at Giannis's team, you have Giannis number one, nuts, and then you have Steph Curry and Bead, and Paul George has dropped forty. Yeah, Paul George is having his best year. Kemba Walker too is having his shooter. best year too. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if you looked at it as, you know, who would win maybe if they were playing a really competitive game, some people might say LeBron's roster's better in terms of having some better defenders, but I feel like we have a left, I, keep, I feel like it's a less a selfish team by far. Yeah, that's why maybe that's why uh, nobody wanted uh Harden is they didn't want to just have to deal with him that's true. taking a lot of shots cuz Harden fell was a was the second to last player to end up on a roster of the starters <laughs> oh he was oh yeah he was second last yeah that's right yeah but it, it'll, it'll i i kind of want to see a lineup where it's Embiid, Giannis, and jokic because yeah, those guys are fun. just like freaks <laughs> that, so would, right. that would be so awesome it did Giannis had even said uh he he was taking you know team length he was ta- trying to take all the big guys and oh, he did a great job at that <laughs> but then lebron was upset that uh Giannis took simmons yeah so, so afterwards they made a trade yeah and this is just Giannis being nice again. Is he gave up Simmons then for Westbrook, who was taken later? And some of the reason he did that is LeBron said we should split up the 76ers. You know, you have Embiid, and I'll take Ben Simmons. Hmm. But what does that matter? All he he sent them Westbrook, so now Team Giannis has two guys from the Thunder. Yeah, Paul George, and, yeah. and Westbrook. He just I think Westbrook's one of the best distributors in the league, so that'll be fun. I think oop, they'll oop galore. Everything about this draft, though, made me just feel like Giannis was, he's trying to be just nice to everyone. He yeah. doesn't, he's, he's trying even like. He's doing it the right way. Yeah. Even like LeBron wanted to make that trade. I think the fact that it's LeBron and he's, you know, the veteran. He's got to do something for the, the NBA. first time. So I, I feel like, yeah, Giannis just came off as very loyal and likable. That'd make it all that much sweeter if he wins. Yeah. But unfortunately, when it comes to contracts and where he's going to play, that's not necessarily always in the player's hands. Very true. His agent's going to have a lot to play into that. Well, so that's yeah. why. His agent's the one that told him to pick the four-year deal over the five. Well, that's why we just got to really hammer home Horst and right. Coach Bud really hammer home loyalty and, you know. Yeah, Horst, I mean, Horst I has been amazing. Horst so, is fantastic. Yeah, I think if you keep putting pieces around and, and we have a good offseason, I don't, I'm not that worried. I think the, this offseason is a big indicator on whether – you keep them around. If you do a good, if you do a pretty decent job in this off season, I think it's not a big deal. Yeah. But if you kind of screw up with this and, and kind of break up this team a little bit, whether it's his fault or not, I think that kind of will dictate the future. Yeah. An interesting thing just about that off season with Middleton, Middleton has never said he wants max. Middleton has never said he's leaving the bucks. Middleton has never declared he wants to go to free agency even. So who knows? He might accept that 13 million. I mean, he's, and the more we see him, I'm I'm kind of disappointed, which I kind of want to discuss later. But he's just, uh, it's kind of interesting that he might just take that 13 million option just to stay with the team another year, keep it together, and keep other players together too, based off what happens in the playoffs. So, yep. and here we are. We promised not to talk about this. And here yeah, we and then we'll <laughs> and go we go again. It. Yeah. So, so before we leave the All Star chat, any of the the skills challenge, three point contest, or slam dunk. Any any people in those that kind of jump out at you? You want to talk about? Mine is like Steph Curry. I'm excited to see him. That will be fun. I like the three Seth? point contest. Steph or and Seth, yeah. the Curry brothers, the two brothers against each other is good. 
Uh, also having Dirk in there is fun. That'll be fun. Watching our boy Middleton in there. Uh, the skills challenge usually doesn't excite me, but I do like how they've done it now where it's basically become like big guys versus guards. Yeah. That makes it a little That's more fun. Cool. Yeah. Shout out to Pete's nephew gets to see Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic in the skills challenge? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'm going to say Fox wins it if I had to make a pick. Yeah, he's pretty skilled. <laughs> yes. I picked him, yeah, because of his skills. He's got skills. <laughs> he's got Taco Bell skills. Slam dunk. Really? So it's part of the <laughs> it's part of the skills challenge. They win Taco Bell for life. Uh, I don't think I'd that'd imagine. be good for an NBA player. You don't think so? Oh, running on I the bet court a, with I bet some Taco Bell of, in you. I bet the NBA there's a lot of Taco Bell consumed. <laughs> Not gonna lie, a lot of Mountain Dew too. I mean, this is a, this is a good sponsorship. It's your Baja Blast. I have to say. Uh, the nacho good fries. Good pull. I didn't, I didn't even put those two and two together, but now you bring that up at Baja Blast, that's a that's a good pull. Baja Blast is good. I have to say those nacho fries, surprisingly good. They're just fries with like they're not taco fries. Baja Blast nacho fries while they're making a phone, while they're not even making a phone call anymore, while they're texting on their AT&T service. Oh, yeah. Working in all the sponsors there. Oh, I see. Good job, NBA. Look at me. Trying to hold them. Making a phone call. <laughs> Who does that? Dunk contest is a usual lineup of guys you've barely heard of. Mostly rookies. Should be entertaining, though. So, moving on then to the Bucks. Quick quick talk about the Bucks. So, they, they kind of beat down on the Mavericks in the paint. They scored 80 points in the paint. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Mavericks still had 22 three-pointers, but they just couldn't defeat yeah, them because the paint matter. was yeah. like wide open all, day, all night long. Middleton sat out, of course, but Giannis had 27 and 17. Bucks just shot the lights out <laughs> down low. <laughs> And they wasted all of it before playing Orlando. Right, they, I felt, it just looked like a game that they were just looking past. Like they were on the tail end of a, of a back-to-back game set. They're yeah. coming home. I felt they were kind of looking past Orlando, and they just wanted the day off. Back-to-back's so. tough. It's after, always tough. Yeah, and after giving Middleton off the night before, uh, I know Pete, you had called it early yeah. that you thought Giannis was going to sit. And you're kind of hoping Giannis would have sat against Mavericks, but it started off okay. well though. Bledsoe had. Like six was the only points, one that showed up, and they had like an eight nothing lead, and then it was just all magic from there. They just could not get shots to fall. It's one of those games. There's a lid on the bucket. It's it's an 82 game season. There's going to be a couple games like this. Don't forget we lost to the Suns at home earlier in the year. There's going to be a couple bad games. So so just a couple uh, couple things about that game too is it's the worst point total of the season, fourth double digit loss of the season only, first time under 100 points since December 22nd when they played against Miami. I think that was another back to back. Yeah, I believe uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, of course, shots didn't fall that night, so that's okay. So I'm not too worried. Let's see if they can sort of keep up the, you know, back-to-back loss streak alive. Yeah. So to quote Coach Bud, like I said, just throw this one away. Throw it in the trash. Yep. Move know, on. Keep shooting. It's in the trash. Earn an interest. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Moving on. Let's move on to, do you guys have some a, AAF? I don't like that. AAF teams, did you pick them yet? Yeah. I have San Diego. You you claim San Diego. Yeah, I got San Diego. So Mike and I, I have two teams that I kind of like. Mm-hmm. I also did. Pete's trying to say we picked them based purely on performance. Yeah. To be fair, oh, I, yeah. I, I locked mine in on Friday. I was looking at mine based on just the logos, uh, which disappointingly though they don't have hats for sale in any of their team stores i looked it's just shirts not, not and, yet and jerseys. they'll get there 
But I like slow moving. The Arizona Hot Shots and the Orlando Apollos. I like you, their, son of a. <laughs> I like their logos. <laughs> Those are the exact two. Andy <laughs> also liked the, the Hot Shots and the Apollos. To be fair, before we talked about this, we did say it together. Yeah. So it wasn't like rigged. So we did a we did a magical coin flip, mm-hmm. and you won. So which one do you want? I was gonna take the Apollos, mainly because of their logo. Yeah, I do like it. It's pretty nice. I originally, before I looked at the logo, was going for it because I'm a big space nut. So I liked the idea of Orlando and Apollo 13 and the whole space program. But I mean, I'm, I would have said Rocky. Uh, yeah, Apollo Creed. That's a good pull too. <laughs> So I, I'm, air quotes, stuck with the best team in the league, in my opinion, the Arizona Hotshots. <laughs> they could have played the worst team in the league. How do we know? I believe That's the uh, Orlando Apollo's logo is Apollo Creed firing a bow. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. In, in this space. <laughs> in this space, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned the God Apollo, which I believe it oh, actually yeah, is. Oh, yeah, but God of War, right? Which uh, you got not God smashed of War, by Drago. Whatever. Oh, yeah, Apollo Creed. I think your team got a little bit screwed up when they had Josh Johnson, a quarterback, and then he got pulled in when he went to Washington. Yeah. So they all got – all the players have clauses in their contract that they – They can go they to the NFL. They can go to the NFL. So a couple of interesting things. Of course, we saw a huge hit. Yes. That looked like roughing yes. the passer, but is no. not. So, of course, there's a lot of mistakes in these games. There A lot of interceptions happened. I think a lot of quarterbacks got pulled on Saturday. <laughs> in the second half, which is okay. And it shows that quarterbacks really are the key to the success. Um, Another thing that was interesting is you can listen to reviews. So as the review process is going on, you can listen up in the booth. That's pretty cool. Um, Refs are from the NFL developmental program too. So actually these refs are younger. They can start, I think, in the NFL after 12 years in the developmental program. So I think this one they can start after five years. So it's kind of a good situation for to get refs kind of going further and doing live-action games yeah. with, with uh, NFL players. Three women refs in this, which is kind of cool that they're getting more, more women involved. Uh, refs are younger, I said. Uh, and then there's a 10th judge in the sky. It's called the sky judge. They're not connected to the refs on the, on the ground. They're just assigned to random games. And it, they can intervene any bad calls or missed calls. So the Saints would have been happy about this one. I like that quite a bit. There's a lot of stuff I like about this league it's that the NFL every, could adopt. Everything I'm listening is is pretty awesome. So, yeah, Twitter's been a flurry about different calls that were made over the last couple of days about how happy they are to see some of these different nuances and calls coming to fruition and wishing the NFL would adopt most of these. So. Yeah. I really like the uh, the lack of onside kicks. Instead, you take it. I think it's fourth and twelve from the fourth twenty-eight. Fourth and twelve. Yep. I like that instead of cause, uh, onside kicks. Seem so goofy. Mm-hmm. And zero extra points. No extra points. Overtime's kind of the same. I think they start at the ten, and then I think each team gets a chance. And were you watching the game cast earlier? Yeah, the game cast was pretty awesome. <laughs> they it looked like. What electronic football? Electronic football yeah, <laughs> yeah. From back so in the day. like live, you could see instead of just seeing like the marker go, you know, whatever. But you could see like where the football was and just like little markers on each player where they're coming in, even players coming in from the sideline. Another thing with their app is pretty cool. You can actually guess the next play and see if you're correct. So actually, they're gonna build in gambling into their app 
so you can like oh, bet no. on things live. Oh no, Mike, we're in trouble. Games. So their app, I'm gonna, I'm gonna download their app and check it out. They have uh, games on Saturdays and Sundays, so uh, enjoy for the next ten weeks, for sure. It it'll be fun to watch. I think. Yeah, before you guys are coming over, I was watching the game on. On the old NFL Network, so I think that's pretty cool. Good partnership between the two. And all their games are online on their site. They stream everything mobily, and it's the first time ever that the NFL's allowed. Not not NFL, but NFL has never done that, so you can watch them live for free. It's not that I've fully adopted my Arizona team, the Hot Shots. I like the locker room picture of their victory over Utah. Oh, did they win? Last I had seen, they were winning at halftime. Right, as and we it, in the celebratory locker room, I see a bunch of starter logos. So oh, even yeah. more after my after my heart from nostalgia from when I was a kid. Give me a give me a flip up zip up hoodie, they, pullover jacket. They do look a of the Arizona Hotshots a little bit Packers like at times. Some of their merch because they're yellow and yellow green green, but with orange, orange, but yeah. with orange mixed in. But but that orange and green, I I when I was watching them, the jerseys kind of if at a glance, I'm like these look like the U. Get a little hurricane action, like the the way the font is looks very similar. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. This is how it works. I'm going to give you a little bit of info to help you. Get an educated guess about Seven. a statistic. <laughs> Correct. You Twelve. Win. Four. You will each guess. Whoever is closer to the number, you can be high or low. Okay. It's not prices right rules. Sweet. You're you you, uh, you win. Going over doesn't matter is what I'm so saying. So it's just amount differential. Yes. If you, if you both pick the same number or you were both off by the same amount, you'll just tie. And if you can hit it exactly, that's a hole-in-one special. You'll go in the Hall of Fame. That'll be immortalized. What's that in guess. the prize bag? If I do, I get a hundred dollar bill. Come up with the prize. I get a hundred dollar bill. Like Price is Right, right? You said mm. it. This is exactly like Price is I said Right. It's and not I get a hundred dollar like, bill. It's not like so, Price is Right. So, oh, if okay. there's a dispute, can we go to the John McLaughlin bobblehead? Okay, fantastic. We, we Andy's will. Andy's starting a bobblehead collection did, right in front of me. I did. I got a I got a nice free one. Well, technically, my son got a free one. We had like one of those little prize tickets when we went to the Orlando Magic game. And he went to go redeem it because he was super excited. It just randomly was on his seat. And we went there. The lady's like, yes, you win. And he thought he was going to get Brogdon signed shoes that were behind her Ooh. or a jersey. And she turns around and grabs a John McLaughlin bobblehead. Here's a player you've never heard of because he came even before our lifetime. And <laughs> the bobblehead alone. <laughs> and the lady's like, are you excited? And he's like, looks at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And I'm like, do you want that, buddy, or can I have it? He's like, you can have it. Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it's pretty cool. So, all right, let's let's get this going here. So, do you have something to write these down, each of you? Yeah, let's do it in blood. Can I just can I, I just can say it you, out? Do I, I have, have to like paper? I guess you could say it out after Pete writes it, it down. Is it is it difficult? Are they big numbers potentially? They potentially could be. If you want, you'll we're good at math on this podcast, so this I, is going to be awesome. Nope, <laughs> I have it in a spreadsheet. It'll tell me how far off each of you are. Well played. <laughs> Perfect. I'm ready. Way to show me up. I didn't have any gifts for my game. I actually don't have you any did, gifts yet. You degenerate. <laughs> what is going on? I give out gifts for my game, and you guys just can't. Yeah, but you did it during Frank, a special guest. Frank week. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's falling asleep. This is just a grab bag of them. <laughs> 
They want to get their same I, cup of coffee. In the future, they might be themed based on something. But all right, since Andy, you d- you're not going to write them down. You'll you'll have to answer first, then. And Pete, you'll then hold up how what your answers. We'll see how far off you are. Okay. Right. Are we going to lock them in and then? You let me know when you're done reading it, and then I'll just give you a random answer. Okay. I'm Don't too busy. I'm too busy. Computer. No, I'm too busy studying up on my Arizona hotshots. Okay. Okay. Right. So good. The f- so good. <laughs> the first. The first topic is Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. In two thousand, the two thousand one two thousand two season, he set a record for technical fouls in a yes, season. Yes, he did. <laughs> it was regular season and postseason combined. He played in eighty games. How many technical fouls did he have in eighty games? Oh man! Okay. So Pete, write write down your guess, <laughs> and then. Oh my God! Eighty games. Rashid Wallace. In what season? Oh, this was 2001, 2002. Oh my God, I don't even remember. I remember this. I was this. in high school. I, I was not, I was I not watching. I remember this. I used to, the first fantasy league I, I was in, it was NBA. I used to do ESPN NBA stuff first before football. Are you going to hit this one right on the money? Uh, maybe. And get the we'll uh, hole-in-one I can't wait. prize that doesn't exist yet? Smart <laughs> <laughs> 30, seem, no, 30 seems doesn't seem enough. <laughs> it's it was a, it was a bad year. Forty three, forty no, lock it forty two, forty two. All right, I I said forty three, well, obviously forty three. Got it right there. Pizza's forty three. It's forty one. Oh, Andy is oh, off man. by one. I have to do a fist bump to my butt. That, that was good. It, that was, was good. incredibly close. By, I knew it was probably over half the games. Yeah, but one over. How many questions we're we gonna do like this? That was solid. Five. Solid. Oh, man, this I, is fun. Now I, now I know how All bad right. you guys felt when I was reading this stuff off. This is kind of hectic. It's stressful. Jeez. Yeah. I'm never gonna start a new game. I just want to play now. <laughs> have a little brandy or something. I'm chasing history right now. All right. Uh, next question is: the Bulldogs is the most used name for college teams. There are 347 what? teams that have for, just some okay, There's 347 sorry. teams that have Division One basketball programs. Okay. Ooh. Of those, wow. how many are named the Bulldogs? It's the most common name. Bulldogs appears more than Tigers. Is this a percentage or actual no, number? Give me the actual number. What, what was the number again? 300 what? 347. So 347. out of 347, how many are Bulldogs? Not a percentage. Not a percentage. Just okay. give me the the total number. Twenty seven. Mm. Pete, had you finished writing down your no, answer? No, but it, it's not even close to that. I'm gonna say 134. 134 are bulldogs out of 347. <laughs> Wait, it, why did I say half? <laughs> it is 15. 15. <laughs> Some famous ones: Georgia. Gonzaga. Why would I say 134? <laughs> 134 is a lot. So the only George, the only one I knew was Georgia. I don't know. I kept thinking Georgetown, but they're the Hoyas, me. so that wasn't it. You really convinced me that there was a lot. You were really thinking there was almost every team in, in uh in. It's like every team's a bird in the NFL too. You're thinking they're all. Well, all right, Pete, you got a little, right, you got a little um, work to do to make up. Now you're down. So you, you guys want to do these games so you could just beat me down, huh? <laughs> All right. Here's one. You got this one. All right. Okay. okay. Better be about Michael Jordan. Mm, oh, no, I crush you. This is the only thing my Andy knows. <laughs> so, the previous see, two questions prove otherwise. Uh, Rashid, well, I had that written down first, and you saw me write down 43, and you're like, wait, I'm going to say lower. Okay, go. Cool. 
All right, so <laughs> I can't react. no MLB. <laughs> no, you can't. They introduced Statcast in 2015 to try to accurate MLB oh, okay. Statcast. Yeah, okay. Try to accurately predict the length of home runs. Oh yeah. Definitely. So since they started using Statcast, the longest home run of the year came last year by Trevor Story at Coors Field. How mm-hmm. many feet was his home run? It's the longest one since they started using Statcast in 2015. Giancarlo Stanton is number two, and he also hit his at Coors. Yeah, he has a lot on that list, I believe, from what I remember. He's no Russell Brannion, though. <sighs> Man, Russell used to hit Do you have a number, Pete? Middle. Yeah. I do you want me to read it or do you want I'm him? locked in. Are you, do you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, oh, four. Wait, no. It's not even long enough. 580? I have 521. Pete, you are closer. It was 505. Yeah. He did hit it all the way over the seats up to the concourse. It landed right by the concession stand. We were more in Sammy Sosa, Miller Park. Uh, <laughs> juice, run derby. Juice in numbers. Still. All right. I'm back. All right. You're back. So we're on to this next one. Two to one. Comes from 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson. It's the best fantasy season ever for a running back. (laughs) Based on our league scoring, which uses half point per reception, (laughs) how many fantasy points did he have on the whole season? Whole season. Do you have an answer right now? Uh, do you need more time to think? Math. Okay, you're doing some math. Oh, we also do. What year? 2006. Oh, my it God. Was, the Chargers went 14-2. and two. Wasn't that the year you had like 20-some touchdowns? So, all right, so now I actually have to do some math. Four, 425. So Andy's going 425. Pete? 326. So Andy is closer. It was 455. Wow, that's a lot. So he had... 1,800 yards rushing and 28 touchdowns. Oh, he's, man, I missed on the touchdowns even. He also had – that was just rushing. He also I, had – I had – I figured – because I, I, I thought he was like 21 or something like that, and then I added like – I figured he had like five more receiving, so I thought – He had three receiving. I wasn't even right. Three receiving touchdowns. So he had 31 total touchdowns rushing receiving. He had more – he almost had – didn't he almost have like – he had over 500 yards receiving too, right? He did over 500 yards, and he also had two passing touchdowns. Oh, man. Only one <laughs> turnover. He fumbled once. Didn't Priest Holmes have nearly 30 touchdowns one year? He, Yeah, I believe he's right up there, too. He had some monster fantasy years. Yeah. Along with Tom, LT. Tomlinson, yeah, those receiving yards and even a couple passing touchdowns yeah. to boot. I was just to trying top. to think of quarterbacks who score the most, and, man, I was way off. Well, Pete, you're not out of this, though. I'm not. Because okay. I don't know if I mentioned in the rules, if you hit one right on the money, you get a bonus point. Ooh. You can force a tiebreaker. Force it. All right, I got this. All I right. nearly hit one on, on so, Andy. Almost hit one on the money in the first one. Okay, yeah. let's do this. Nervous. So this one requires a tiny bit of backstory. Oh, gee. So this is from 1916. There was a college called Cumberland University, and the university was in financial trouble, so they ceased all sports funding, canceled every sports team. The... University, though, forgot to cancel a game with Georgia Tech. And they were contractually obligated. If they no-showed and forfeit the game, they'd owe Georgia Tech $3,000, which is over $71,000 in today's money. The school was in financial trouble. So to save the school, a frat 
assembled 14 members to go play Georgia Tech's football team, coached by John Heisman himself. Oh, man. John Heisman was upset with Cumberland University because they had run up the score in a baseball game previously. So he intentionally ran up the score. It goes down as the biggest blowout victory in college football history. Cumberland scored zero points. How many points did Georgia Tech... 14 players. 14 frat members had to play against a good Georgia Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a high quality How many points did Georgia Tech score? Gosh, this has got to be bad. Remembering that John Heisman was trying to run up the score. <laughs> so were the, what was the quarter lengths back then, you know? It was the same. It was 15-minute quarters. So 15-minute quarters. It's an hour. I guess a fret, though. Just the sheer logistics of time, how many touchdowns you can score in that amount of time. You can, you can score a lot. I know. Off of 14 players. 14 players, so yeah, they had to have guys Did anybody both die? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. No helmets, right? 1916. Mm-hmm. That that frat needs to go down in history as like like the man's men. Yeah. To go up against a, a formidable D1 school. Yeah, reading about this is Cumberland gets mentioned now as a joke because they lost so badly, but it's actually a, a, a tale of guys who did something to save the university right. financially. I'm ready if you want me to read it out. Always if Pete needs a minute. All right. I'll just look up some fantasy breakout I'm seasons. Good. I'm good. All right. What do you say? What, how many points did Georgia Tech score? 180. I got 163. Andy, you were closer. It was oh. 222 points. No. <laughs> Holy cow. I wrote 234. No way. 222 to nothing was my the first, final score. My first one was 234. Dang. That's almost like a touchdown on, on every play. Yeah. So what what was it? 222 to nothing was the final score. What is that? A quarter. That, that, it's, that's almost four points a minute. What is that a quarter? I well, can't be, do math in my head. That would be like 55 Yeah, almost 56 points a quarter. I mean, I thought 40 was being pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. It's a, Impressive. It's over a touchdown every, every two minutes. And I'm wondering if if they were going for two, just based on the based on the number. If uh, had to have right, because why not? If you're yeah. gonna really rub it in, yeah. Harding yeah. Harding and Westbrook can't beat that record. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's seven point four points, so it's equivalent of seven points every two minutes. It's a touchdown every two minutes. It's pretty much just, well. They probably forced a lot of turnovers. I know, but I mean, even the team. I mean, just if you think about it, if, even if you get four possessions. Even if you just let the clock run down. Yeah, it seems like the best strategy for Cumberland would have been to just like run, 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 or kneel, kneel, kneel. <laughs> and I don't even know. Do you attempt a punt? That is so insane. They, they scored 63, 63, 54, and 42. Oh, that bad fourth quarter. That's Bad why. fourth quarter, yeah. Disappointing. Good job. Good job by you. I enjoyed so, yeah. that. Yeah, that last one, that was interesting. I didn't know about that until until now. I guess uh, it gets brought up uh, usually on the anniversary. <laughs> but so what year was it? So 1916. Oh, man, they just had a 100-year anniversary not that long ago. So 97% of the game's played plays occurred in Cumberland territory, with 64 of those plays occurring in Cumberland's own red zone. 
<laughs> I think not shocked. I, mean, I think makes sense. though we need to give Cumberland credit just for those guys being willing to do that. Oh and my god! Yeah. You know, if that happened today, wouldn't that be a pay per view event? Oh, may, I would pay a lot to watch that. Tons. Amazing. There's probably nobody in the stands too. Oh, probably no stands back then. Yeah. What was the frat's name? Anybody uh, know? Uh, it is on their Wikipedia page. What, uh, what the, oh, here the I Greek got it. letters uh, were. Lambda, lambda, lambda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the quarterback was Lamar. <laughs> Booger yeah. was the running back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. If it was that, they'd have an abacus on the side and calculating what was the best chance of winning. You know what? Their intro music coming in was pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Their band was awesome. As a general rule, the only thing necessary for a touchdown was to give a tech back the ball and holler, here he comes and there he goes. <laughs> oh, my God. Cumberland had 15 turnovers, nine, <laughs> nine fumbles, and six interceptions. I, I give him credit for actually trying to like run plays then. One page on Cumberland's website says Georgia Tech scored on every offensive play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would make sense. 63 to nothing after the first quarter, 126 at half, scored another 54 points in the third quarter, and 42 in the final. Must have let up a little bit at the end there. Most likely Georgia Tech scored on every set of downs, though, because the score suggests that. They had to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would they. imagine they scored just about, yeah, every, every time they had the ball, it was probably just like one play and... Because, I mean, if oh. you're a frat and you're getting blocked by yeah. O-linemen and a running so, back. Or... It's also probably in the record books for n- neither team making a first down. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. That wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, because Georgia so Tech. Cumberland didn't get a first down. Georgia Tech just <laughs> scored every four plays. <laughs> Cumberland's greatest individual play of the game came when the fullback, Allen, circled right, right end for a six-yard loss. At halftime, Heisman reportedly told his players, you're doing all right, team. We're ahead. But if you can't tell what those Cumberland players have up their sleeves, they may, be, they may spring a surprise on you. Be alert, men. Hit them clean, but hit them hard. I want to see them bleed. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. However, even Heisman finally relented, and he shortened up to third and fourth quarters from 15 minutes to 12. Oh, so they did. I See, I did. I'm, I missed that part where he uh, he showed some mercy. So, That's uh, why they didn't score, his, score more. Well played. So they topped out at 63 in the first half, but obviously like 54 it. and 42 were only possible in the third and fourth quarter. He deserves to have a trophy named after him. <laughs> he does. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Stiff arming someone. Uh, Cumberland. Bleed. A Cumberland <laughs> frat guy trying to play DB. Oh, that's, a <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. The most. It'd be like one of us going out there and trying to play against yeah. a D1 school. <laughs> These guys are probably happen. more out of shape than us. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's be serious. Oh, oh. What with that? Nice job, Mike. Fantastic. All right, guys. Let's get out of here. So first off, thanks to our thanks to Brent for the mailbag. You can reach out to us too. QuestionableTheReturn.com slash mailbag. Keep them up. Reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to us on Facebook.com slash QuestionableTheReturn. Twitter at Q2Return. Personally, you can reach out to me at Andy, the number 9MAN. I'm at Mike R. Daly. And I'm at P. Cozy Jr. Keep up the five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. Helps us keep our rankings up. So do that and then share with a friend. So with that, we'll catch you guys later this week. Appreciate it. Goodbye, everybody. Hit them hard. Hit them clean. Make them bleed. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect John Heisman impression. I'm sure he sounded like that. (laughs) Good night.